Welcome to the EFTM F1 podcast and I'm just going to say a slightly unusual one for many, many reasons. Trevor along with you, uh, joined by Connor McNally, Harry Tucker and we do it all thanks to the good people at KO Sports and in this case it's a very different show boys because A, we're recording 18 hours after the race instead of, you know, five minutes and B, um, we can't recommend to people to watch anything because why would you? In fact, I got home, Harry, and said to my son this afternoon, my youngest, I said, did you watch the race? And he goes, oh, no. And I said, don't worry, it wasn't one. <laughs> Harry, what, I mean, what happened? Well, firstly, weren't you worried about him staying up late anyway? And you thought no, that you was were going to get in trouble? Uh, wrong, no, no. Son. So, wrong son. Yeah, so oldest son stayed up with me and um, went through this arduous evening. Youngest son had no idea what had happened. <laughs> I, I, guess, uh, I guess how we, we we can jump into it then is I've, I've got a little list here of yeah. the things that you could have watched while it was while that was happening on the paddock instead of the race. I mean, is it the entire Star Wars series? No, no, no. This is this is things that happened on the paddock, and it's kind of my favorite things that we saw on the footage that weren't race related. So okay, one super wholesome one I thought was. Uh, Mick and Seb playing soccer together in the garage or football. <laughs> yes. Oh, that, that because really that sweet. harps back to to Mick and Michael and Seb. Yeah, there was exactly. a footage of that. Uh, exactly. That that's been a probably my favourite. I guess you call it a meme, but my favourite share of the whole thing. So, oh, really? That's your. So I got. Good. I've I've got uh, one that I liked more than that, but I'll, okay. I'll get to that one. Yep. Um, we've got Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz playing chess together. <laughs> yes, that's, that's a, a good bit of one. Team bonding. Um, we had the Alpine team doing the Macarena while in chairs. They were that bored. Um, we had the Red Bull engineer who was running through the motorhome, oh who almost face planted himself, <laughs> slipping inside there. Also that great. Was, that was gold. That's going to be meme worthy for the rest of the season now. And then, although my favorite one, though, was definitely Lewis's radio. Um, where he was talking about how the cubicle he went to, someone had dropped a crazy bomb in there <laughs> and he said it was the worst thing he smelled in his life and it's going to haunt him for the rest of his life. <laughs> and then there was a tweet that came out after from a journalist, uh, F1 journalist, Adam Cooper, who said he'd found the, or he claims to have found the source, which was apparently a French TV cameraman. <laughs> so there's that one. Anyway, you can tell this is a different podcast. In <laughs> I mean, so the thing here is, right, let's just do the timeline, Connor. Yes. Um, as always, you know, we stay up. I, I uh, contemplated a two-stopper, but I thought, you know what, race will end at one, we'll be done by two, I can smash out four hours, it won't be a problem. So I've gone straight through to 11 p.m. for race start. I've let my, my 14-year-old stay up for the race, even though it's a school night. Um, you know, it's clearly absolutely pelting down it's clearly going to start under safety car and then we go back to the pits because it's too wet and at this point i say to jackson mate i think we should go to bed i i mean i'm not nostradamus but i'm not hearing the kind of usual talk you get connor about oh there's gaps in the rain and that kind of stuff yeah. it felt very ominous all all the the underlying team talk just didn't feel like we were going to get a race the radars on every team yeah, Pit Bunker was just saying consistent rain right through. They were looking for a gap to see if there was going to be any clear weather for the race to actually get underway. And let's not forget, we had a couple of pre-event races beforehand, most notably the F3 feature race, which 
our Jack Doohan won. Congratulations to him. He actually won two of the races on the weekend, both in wet conditions, and both were actually commenced under the safety car and finished. So both of them actually got through without any dramas whatsoever. And I think critically about those two, because it was referred to a little bit in this kind of initial stoppage, was um, those races started quite late in the day because they began talk of sunlight hours and sunset and all those mm. kind of things. And that's when I went, oh, hang on a minute, this this could be a very long night. And so we had that whole on the grid, delayed start, delayed start for like 25 minutes. And then there was a couple of laps, a formation laps, in which Sergio Perez, by the way, you know, went into the wall. And so his car was out, but got back to the pits in, 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 in time to be uh, in the garage uh, during the pit lane stoppage. And I found that to be a fascinating conversation, Harry, because Here's a bloke that's gone into the wall on formation but was un- unable to drive back mm-hmm. like Max did that time um, and get repairs, yet mm. the team were able to get him admission back into the race. Oh, I don't know about on, that one. Well, it was like a, a technicality because he the race technically had not started. That's so right. So the, the, mm. the, 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 I guess, what's that lap called? Because it's not the formation lap. The reconnaissance lap. Yeah, so the formation lap is the start. Um, once you know when the when would they go around before the grid, and then none of that had happened, and then so the race hadn't started. So it was which is actually one game. of the other good memes. Have you seen that one? There's three, one? three, three oh, par, three panels. You, you sign Sergio. up for TikTok, and then yeah. you're all about me. <laughs> yes, Sergio. There's a picture of Sergio. And, uh, see crash, and then there's a picture of Sergio. You're out of the race, and there's a picture of Sergio. You're back in the race, and then it's like, but there is no race. <laughs> so poor Sergio. The roller coaster of emotions was was enormous. And speaking of roller coasters, I mean, this is the point where. We're all on WhatsApp going, what are we going to do? And our man Connor took one for the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Says, says, I'm going to stay up. And I've said, mate, I'm out. I'm going to bed. I've got, I just can't, I can't cope with potentially sitting here for six hours watching rainfall. So I said to Jackson, let's go to bed. We're out. I, I gave Connor permission to call me if he was awake and the race was restarting. Now, it's at this point, I say to Connor, and I haven't said this to him before, but mate, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? I have no fucking idea. Thinking that that race was ever going to start. I, I, look, I probably was of one of belief that, okay, we might get a race in, even though it may, will not be 75% completed for four points. Hopefully it'd be at least clear enough that I'm thinking as I'm watching and watching and watching, I'm thinking, fuck. There is no way we're going to get it a race in. Worse, I mean, it's just remarkable that they did that. And this carry is where the conspiracies come in for me. Here we go. I sit. I sat down at two a.m. Looked at the track myself with my own eyes through TV cameras and went, "Well, this is worse. Mm. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Thinking, have we got to do this so that they get their promoters' feed? Have we got to do this so that they don't have to offer refunds? I mean, what the hell were they thinking? Taking the cars around behind a safety car for two laps to tick the box that said this was a race—utter and complete bullshit, Harry. I don't even think it's a conspiracy theory. I think that it is literally what happened. Is it was clearly run. Um, so they don't have to give refunds, which uh, the Formula One CEO has already, you know, said as much that they don't want to give refunds to fans. Um, and then, of course, for for other all other rights reasons, and then they even had like the the weirdest, dumbest podium as well for a race that wasn't even really a race. 
Um, I woke up and saw um, George Russell post a photo on Instagram with, with the like trophy. Like, acting like he just won Monaco. Oh no! And I thought, yes. oh, that's interesting. He's got the trophy in his in his um, you know in his caravan. I'm thinking that's okay. But then I realised, oh my god, they had a fucking podium yeah. for this race. Plus, they're awarding points for this race. I don't care if it was quarter points. They did two laps at one tenth speed behind a safety car. How? were championship points awarded for this, and Connor. That's- it's it's an utter joke. I'm shaking my head in disbelief. I mean, look, it's official now that this race is the shortest in Formula 1 history. It beat the previous unenviable record of the 1991 Australian Grand Prix when that lasted 14 laps in almost atrocious conditions as what we saw last night. I mean, that race in 91, I mean, they were lucky to get 14 laps in, but the, the difference was... That race had so many crashes and cars spinning out. I mean, you there's great vision of Anton Senna. You can have a look on YouTube where he's waving to the officials to stop the race. So, yeah, I, I'm just trying to scratch my head and thinking what the fuck the officials were thinking, particularly Michael Massey. I, if I was in his position, I would have said, this is not happening. The race is declared null and void. No points awarded. Let's go to or the other option is delay it by twenty four hours and have the race tonight. I would have preferred that latter option. That was a sky narrative that was trying to be pushed there. Yeah, that was never going to happen. I didn't see it ever happen. No, I I agree, especially on weather. But Harry, the job that no one would ever want to have today—it's not Michael Massey. It's the social media manager for Formula One. Have you mm. seen the yeah, comments slammed. on Facebook? They're getting smashed. You know, they put up a race report and highlights, and one bloke goes, race? What race? This is a farce. <laughs> this is this is a four-hour farce that makes no sense, and I'm guessing did more harm than good to F1. And that's the problem. I watched the 6 o'clock news tonight, Channel 9, and they're like, they called it a farce. You know, if we thought Indianapolis with a couple of cars on the grid was a farce, uh-uh, this was worse, Connor, in my view. Oh, I have to agree. I mean, I remember Indy 05. That was farcical in itself. But this, last night, tops the cake. It, it basically smashes Indy 2005 out of the park. It is farcical beyond comprehension. They completely shot themselves in the foot and has made Formula 1 look terrible. Harry, it, you do, know- you, do you think there is any sense of reason behind this with, you know, kind of 18 hours thought behind you? I mean, outside of the the obvious financial reasons, there there doesn't seem to be any. Um, and in, to top it off, you know, in terms of talking about being a fast, which obviously Lewis was was the strongest uh, voice of that. He he mm. very openly called it a fast and and very openly called out the Formula One and the FIA as doing it just for money. But to top that off, and you guys might already know this, but do you know who got the fastest lap of the race? Nikita Mazepin. Yes, exactly. And if that doesn't summarize how much of a fast this race was, then... uh, Which is also, this is my problem with record books, right? So we now have George Russell can put that down as a podium. Uh, Mazepin can say he got a fastest lap. At Spa. (laughs) On his first race. (laughs) You know, this is the... this is what makes it a joke. I know it's half points, but Harry, it has an impact overall. And yeah. I just think that we look at this and we go, it should have just been pull the pin and let's, we, we cancelled enough races in the last 12 months. It doesn't really, you know, it's not like it's an unusual thing, is it? Well, it was, I think Fernando as well came out in some interviews after and he was quite, 
not not quite as vocal as Lewis, but his biggest disappointment about the points was he was like, you know, we're we're fighting the constructors' championship, and there are you know there are obviously teams that they've got points that you know if you if you ran the race, if you ran a race, even if they qualified where they did, they probably were not going to get those points. Um, and for a midfield like a tight midfield like where Alpine is, the, these points can can really affect them, um, and that's purely just off that qualifying performance. And then it's, it's especially exacerbated because for the first time ever, there were eight different teams in the top eight. It's so, crazy, isn't so it? So there are it... teams that would not necessarily normally be getting points. Well, can I just say something very important? And I did make this point to you boys last night that I actually didn't think it would happen. But credit where it's due, Sportsbet voided all bets hmm. except first driver to retire. They haven't revoided those yet. I don't know why. Um, but... I got my money back. And I, I actually, of all the people involved in, you know, making money from this sport, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I expected sports bet among, I'm assuming others did the same, but that, that would have been a bad look for, I think, anyone to take money. And that's why, you, you, Harry, you talked about Lewis, you know, he, he his Instagram post talking about, you know, the fans, you know, should be getting their money back. Um, that that's, that's the problem here is it looks mm. bad for the average Joe. And if sports bet can do it, then I think F1 can do it. Yeah. I think Formula 1 have got more than enough money behind them for them to actually refund the fans. It, it just seems stupid that Domenicali comes out and says, no, we're not going to refund the fans because they saw a Grand Prix. Fucking bullshit. That was no Grand Prix. <laughs> that was a fucking farce. And I'm glad Sportsbet actually did void all the bets. I did get some money. I did win some money, by the way, with George finishing on the podium. Yeah, so, look, I'll take that. Weird. I'll take that. See, the Formula One Facebook page has as its main highlighted photo George Russell on a podium in a Williams. I mean, it's just... It's <laughs> First insane. podium since 2017. Yeah, Spain. It's Was embarrassing. It no, not that it matters. Look, I mean, I, I think the, the critical thing here is we're, we're all aligned and if we weren't, there'd be a drama. But um, the fact that it happened is disgraceful. Um, the fact that you know, people see, this is the thing, obviously we're in a unique situation. We're on the other side of the world. It's in the middle of the night. And you know, there, there would be people that stayed up for that. Connor, for example, um, literally <laughs> yeah. stayed up watching this rubbish happen. Um, and if frankly, if something, here's my other problem with it is if something, if it hadn't been a race and a great race, what about all the people who would have missed it around the world because it, it pushed them away or they, they turned off from a TV narrative, Harry, I think that's why Sky was looking to just push the thing back. Oh yeah. It seemed very, clear that i felt like that the you know the eps or whoever from sky were trying to get the team there to to plant this seed in the mind of formula one to run this race tomorrow because for them you know it's not it's not a good result for them um no and if they could have you know a tier one sport on a night that's not normally there when it's happening like that's gold for them um so like you well, said so it, it, it's nothing new because nascar do it but NASCAR is a different sport altogether. They, well, they... It's, it's a triple header as well. Definitely heard it. Like I think if there was a two week break, um, well, that's one of the other. That's one of the other work. interesting kind of meme style things that happened. Um, is that a word, meme? Um, with the you know the the track sweeper they had at Spa. Did you oh. see someone going F one's F one's track dryer versus the NASCAR one, which is like you know a pickup truck with you know massive you know, reverse vacuums just blowing the, the, the water off the track. I mean, that they know, they know how to get stuff done over there. And here we are, 
with F1 running this little sweeper across the track. Can I just say the of all the moments you mentioned in the in the pits, um, I've got to say one of my favourite things, and this is very uh, Aussie Dan thing, is when I was sitting on the grid and Dan sitting there was he in the pits. Dan sitting there going just on his team radio, just says to his, his engineer, just goes, and I just um. I just want to let you know this is my. Um, my <laughs> you, might, uh, you might not have heard. You might not have heard. It's kind. Of, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just typical Dan. What about him trying to get a Mexican wave going? Oh, that was just Aussie well, Dan I didn't as see well. that because I was asleep. Yeah, you were. But you now he just got the crowd going by doing Mexican waves and that. That was just typical Dan, just trying to you know get the crowd hyped up. There was just yeah, just Dan being Dan. Really loved it. There was. Can I just? say also in the pre-show sky stuff and this to be honest is you know sky do an amazing coverage the, the amount of hours they uh, they produce let alone the kind of films they make if you want to call them those um the mick schumacher stuff uh yeah. in the in the seven up car uh at silverstone was was brilliant because on saturday night it was just fascinating to hear from the old engineers and team people and mick hearing those stories was cool but then on sunday he gets to drive the car and the best the best part of the whole thing if you haven't seen it and i'm sure it's on sky's youtube or somewhere was mick schumacher does i don't know probably cuts five or ten laps and he comes into the pits and karoon is standing there with his helmet on and goes right get out it's my turn <laughs> and he, he was like desperate to get in the car harry did you see that i mean it was just such a great moment to see as much as i don't know where mick's going to go um, talent-wise, team-wise, and all that kind of stuff, I think those kind of opportunities are just utterly priceless. I missed that, actually, but I'll have to watch it. But that, oh, It that is, is good. good. It is good. Yeah. The sound of that car was was oh. just awesome. Yeah, you know. I love that Jordan from 91, the 191 shape. I love yeah. the shape of those cars, the, the early 90s cars. It's it's the shape I would go back to in any any day if you could. Um, just, just the aerodynamic look of them. They, they just look slick. They just look like... Formula One cars to me, and I think that's what's that's what's awesome about it. Um, Harry, uh, sorry, Connor, where are we at though with the championship? Given these half points have been awarded, um, it, it's a fascinating thing because it, it yeah. has created some interesting, very clarity in the um, uh, in the constructors um, as well as a nice little battle continues, especially for that third place. Oh, yeah. And actually, the, the lead of the championship at the moment is now down from eight points to three. So Lewis Hamilton still leads the championship despite the fact he finished third. So he's on 202 and a half points ahead of Max Verstappen on 199 and a half points. That's a, that's that's going to be a massive tongue twister for the rest of the season now. Lando Norris still holds on to third place despite the fact he finished out of the points for the first time this season on 113 points. Valtteri, yeah, that that was a race that really went begging regardless of the result because he finished at, well, that five-place grid penalty. So he's in fourth at the moment on 108. Sergio Perez, another one gone begging, 104 points. Carlos Sainz now consolidates sixth place by a point and a half over Charles Leclerc. So that Ferrari battle is now in the favour of Carlos at the moment. Then Daniel Ricciardo on 56, Pierre Gasly 54, Esteban Ocon on 42. Now in the Constructors' Championship, this is getting very, very juicy. Mercedes, they still hold a seven-point lead over Red Bull, 310 to 303. McLaren now take third position in the Constructors' Championship by only four points. So 169 over Ferrari's 165. Then it's Alpine on 80, Alpha Tari on 72, Aston Martin on 53. And then here's the kicker, Williams in eighth place on 20 points. And Alfa Romeo on three rounding at you the You would have to think, Harry, that the Williams um, merchant bankers have now factored in 
the eighth place dollars to their budget oh. for next year because there's there's almost no way Alpha or Hash could could come yeah. back at them. Um, that's good money for Williams. Well, that was like even in Fernando, I think he he commented as well, saying that uh, many Christmas presents came early for a few teams there. And I think Williams was definitely a recipient of that because, yeah, there's no way in hell, you know, pending another, you know, once in every, you know, 20, 30 years event happening again in the same season. Um, yeah, they've pretty safely got got that seventh or eighth position there. Harry, the, the critical question I have for you and then, and then you, Connor, is um, who's Lewis Hamilton's teammate in 2022 and when will it be announced? Oh, okay. So I, I there was just before we started recording, uh, Canal Plus, which I think is Spanish. Are they Spanish mm-hmm. TV? Ah, uh, no, French. French, French. One of those countries. <laughs> um, they claim that they've got reliable sources that Kimi is going to announce he's retiring at Monza, where Ooh. they'll announce that Bottas is going to replace him at Alpha, and George is definitely got the other Mercedes seat. Mm. At so Monza is where it's all announced, you reckon? Allegedly. Uh. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, look, Valtteri's on the outer now at Mercedes-Benz. I mean, it was interesting to watch the the pre-race press conferences on the Thursday and you had George and Valtteri in the same room, you know, one and a half metres apart. And, yeah, uh, you cut the tension in that room with a knife between those two. So, yeah, but I think Valtteri's off to Alpha and George, yeah, he's very much going to be in that hot seat at, at Mercedes next year. He, he's proven that he deserves that seat in the I last mean, couple of races. Oh, look, you know, leave the podium aside because that's ridiculous. But, yeah, of course. Um, you know, he did drive well. The, the team obviously fed in the right tyres at the right time in, in, in quality. Um, but, Straight. you know, there's, there's absolutely no question about his ability. So... You know, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? The question really is what, because there was talk, I didn't realise, and this was the first weekend I'd, I'd heard it, but that Lewis essentially had, you know, a say in the in the conversation about who and, and what and when and how and why uh, who would be his teammate. Um, how does the team play it, though, Harry, for 2022 <laughs> in terms of, you know, is George essentially being told that he's a second driver for a year or a year and a half, two years, or has he got free reins to attempt to beat the, you know, greatest world champion you know ever produced in in potential terms i i reckon it's probably gonna to start out quite friendly um yeah and then george is like every good racer is going to get a sniff of, of victory and the potential for victory and it's all probably gonna fall off from there as long as he can prove that he's got the speed but but, but I, let's not forget that that lewis is near the end of his career he, he's yeah, like exactly. we know that invest in the future yeah, exactly. And I think Lewis is probably going to look at starting to wind down in the next couple of years, maybe even the next 12 months. Um, you know, I can't see him well, he staying signed, on. He, he signed two-year deal, uh, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So I think he'll see, he'll see out those two years and that'll yeah. be it, and then he'll hand the reins to George. But, it's just a natural but my succession. My question is, will George sit idle for two years? No. Um, oh, God, no. You know, no, I don't think hell so. no. And I think that is... So what I think was funny, you were talking about uh, Lewis's comments when he was asked or it was said that his preferred teammate is Valtteri. And I think that is just the greatest hit and disrespect to Valtteri that anyone could possibly say. Because yeah. basically all he's saying is that he he's confident that Valtteri is not going to be able to beat him in that car. Because <laughs> that's essentially why you would want Valtteri as that second place. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So this weekend... Oh. Um, 
I hope the rain's uh, not around for the Dutch Grand Prix, but Connor, finally, yeah. we get to see um, F1 cars um, in action at pace in a proper race, let's hope, uh, at Zandvoort, yeah. a, a track that pretty much everyone listening would have raced on the F1 game, um, and now we're all just desperate to see it in the in the real world. Yeah, it, look, it's going to be really, really interesting. It'll be the first Dutch Grand Prix since 1985, so it's been 36 years, and I'm looking at the weather forecast for this coming weekend. 23 degrees and cloudy but sunny, so... Rest assured, I think we're going to have a very dry race coming up this weekend after all the dramas from, you know, last night. So I'm really looking forward to it. I've driven Zandvoort in the sim. I love it. It's a great track, and I'm really keen to see how they all head down into Turn 1. It is going to be a shit fight going into Turn 1, and I think we're going to see some pretty interesting incidents between quite a number of drivers. So bring it on. I'm looking Harry, forward to it. do you love the way Connor just says, I've driven in the sim. Yeah, I don't like Charles said, I drove the 2022 car in the sim, you know, just drove it in the sim. <laughs> he's, just, he's gone to Milton Keynes and uh, loaded up a session uh, there with the engineers. I've got, I've got good friends in high places, boys. <laughs> um, and then we're a week later, we're in Italy. Uh, where uh, Harry is suggesting the driver announcers be made. Oh, I'll be honest, I don't think, uh, and this is just from a you know uh, a communications management point of view, I don't see how they endure another weekend of endless bloody questions. Toto, George, Valtteri, Lewis, everyone, about the driver uh, market. Um, I guess the only good thing they've got is the distraction of the conversation about this farcical weekend uh, will give 50% of the, the driver conversation away. So maybe they will get away with waiting till Italy, but oh, it'll be a tough... Did you say Little Italy? What? Wait until what? Italy? Oh, yeah, that's what you said. That's what you said. Until Italy. It sounded like you said Little Italy. Oh, well, it is a little place. I mean, it's just a boot of a joint really, isn't it? Hey. Um, on the map. Um, I just hope that we get to watch a race again. Um I'm so disappointed in Formula One for last night. And let, let me just be clear, and maybe we didn't really talk about this, but I know I know what happened and why. I just think they missed the opportunity to just simply make the right decision, which was we're not going to race, pull it, pull it away, because it, it, it just looked the, the optics mm. of continuing to try and do it is what what was what was problem with this weekend, Harry. When when it was very obvious the motivation, there was an there was like. You know, there's the obvious fastest yeah. as well, but there was even, you know, other different race control fastest that got glossed over as well. On top of that, like the biggest one that I, I saw there as well, which is actually kind of funny, um, is that Lance Stroll received a 10 second time penalty for a <laughs> rear wing assembly change. He was running in 18th in a race that was <laughs> did two laps. Like that's, that's the that makes no sense, does it? Exactly. Of, of this race. Can I, can I just say before we wrap things up, I just want to point out something um, courtesy of Brian Vanderwacker from Fox Sports News. He, he made a very interesting comment that he uh, posted some hours ago on Twitter. He said, there's a lot of finger pointing at the FIA and F1 today. Yes, some regulations are questionable, but only us nerds care about that. And he's right. But the point is, he said, the sport left Spa on Sunday without a serious injury. Now, if that did happen... Think of the headlines then. So sometimes the weather wins out in this battle. And he's true. And you know what? He is spot on. But let's be clear. Listen back. Yeah, listen back to the entire 27 minutes we've just spoken. None of us, none of us suggested the race should happen. We're all just Mm. questioning the process, the timing, and and the way it happened. Um, What they should have done was 
you know, give that early formation a go. And I don't mind sitting around for two hours, but these windows of time that they have to put on a race are too long. Um, they don't make it for good, you know, television planning, let alone fan planning. Most people, even in the UK, they would have got off their ass and gone out and done something else. It's just a bad look. No one thinks the race should have happened. They just shouldn't have called it a race. The, the ability for them to deem this a race with results is the fundamental problem with this weekend, Correct. Harry, I think. Correct. That's exactly it. It was There's no issue in calling the race unsafe and not running it. It was the fact that they tried to to pull it out and then just yeah ran the two laps for for what seemingly is financial reasons because there doesn't seem to be any clear reasons for any other reason why you'd have done what they did exactly all right boys um get some rest in case we have to endure any delays uh next weekend you'll need to bank some laps uh, in 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 bed just to make sure you're, you're ready um because who knows what formula one will do and uh, harry if you could just let michael massey know what we're thinking that'd be great yeah i'll uh, i'll send him a text now yeah Talk to you next week, boys. See ya. See ya. <laughs>